0: And this episode of the Disney Dads Podcast is brought to you by The Animation Course, the premier animation school built with 11 to 18-year-olds in mind. And this episode of the Disney Dads Podcast is brought to you commercial-free. Thank you to our Patreon supporters. Want to support the show? Become a Patreon member. Thank you. Thank them. Now enjoy the show.
1: Round 1 is over. Parents one, kids
2: seven. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing, that we was all started by a mouse.
1: Did we just become best friends? Yep! Gentlemen, start your engines!
2: To infinity and beyond! madness around
0: here. Hello and welcome to the Disney Dads Podcast. My name is Jason and for those of you that are new to the show, this is a little bit about us and a lot about Disney and tonight guys I have a real special treat because I have somebody with me joining me. Actually, I got a great team that's joining me right now i got chad stewart who's worked in professional animation for 28 years uh an animator with tarzan the emperor's new groove fantasia 2000 and some that aren't disney that are my personal favorites the polar express uh surf's up i mean these are ones that i've sat and watched with my kids um guys i am so excited to have this 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 animator on, and his amazing wife, Kayla. And guys, I
1: say, let's just get in the show. But before we do that, Chad, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, and thank you for that amazing introduction that's uh, <laughs> making me feel a little bit like, wow, I want to meet this guy, but... <laughs> 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 so...
0: I, I noticed you got a um, – a, a, look, your your IMDb is is um, a pretty incredible, man. um can, l- Let's just – before we even get into what movies you've worked on and, and then we'll like – we'll get into the Disney side of the house because everybody listening right now is like, what? This is a Disney animator? That is correct, guys. He sure is and he's worked on some fun ones. Um, but before we do that, let's just – just give me a little bit of history and background and the reason I want to do this, there are a lot of families out there that have – have little artists, little imagineers, and little uh, animators in, in their homes. And and, um, and when we plant that seed young, it grows and it flourishes into what you are today, Chad. And um, so how old were you when you really like just um, put pen to paper and realized,
1: uh, you know what, I'm actually pretty good at this? So the first time I can remember that was probably fifth grade. So I remember doing this art assignment. We had a substitute teacher, and she did this assignment to sort of fill time because back in you know public school in fifth grade, you had lots to do um, when there was a, a substitute. And so we did this sort of what happens next assignment, and I remember drawing this kid going off the diving board. And so, she got really excited about it and showed the class and was like, this is a great example of, you can see he starts off here on the, um, the concrete and then climbs up the diving board ladder and then he walks out on the diving board, then he, then he jumps off. And I remember thinking, wow, that's kind of cool. I mean, I just did this. But I started to realize that, that people thought I was pretty good at, at drawing. And I had always liked movies but i can remember one of my earliest memories being sitting in a theater when the when the the armrest still you know kind of was at shoulder <laughs> level and um, looking up at the screen we had gone to see Sleep, sleeping beauty in the theater and i remember vividly the the fight at the end with the dragon maleficent turned into a dragon and the prince and thinking this is amazing like i don't know what this is but i am astounded by it. And I talked to my mom after the movie and she told me about animation and what that these were drawings. And that just blew my mind that that somebody drew all that. And then but it was so real and so emotional and so vivid. So those are kind of the two points that I can remember being struck with this idea of wanting to be an animator, kind of the beginnings.
0: When you put pen to paper, uh, did you already want to go that animation route? I mean, is that as soon as you saw that this was, uh, this is what I want to draw from here on out. Even as a kid, you know, it was, I want to do animation or did you, did you really get into the
1: still pictures as well? So I would draw cartoons. I I never really took art courses um, as a young uh, person. And so I would draw lots of cartoons and, and watch lots of cartoons and about sixth grade, we took a family vacation to California, and went to Disneyland, and and that sort of locked it in in my head, like, I want to do this thing, I want to be this crazy thing called an animator. And that was back in, gosh, the early 80s, probably. And so my mom called uh, Walt Disney Feature Animation and asked, well, what, what does my son need to do in order to become an animator? And they told me. And told her about California Institute of the Arts, which is still in existence today. It's a, an art college that Disney helped found back in the 60s and really has launched a ton of major uh, influencers in the world of animation and, and launched their careers. And so I knew – now I knew where I wanted to go to college – and from that point on, I was I was locked in. I was this is what I was going to do. I couldn't think of really anything else I wanted to do. So I would sit down at my high school counselor appointments, and he would ask, you know, what you what you're going to do, and I had the whole thing laid out. And then when I put together my portfolio, they only accepted about twenty students a year when I first applied, and uh, it took me three tries to get in. So I I. Ended up going to art school and doing more traditional type art, more drawing and painting, and and but with always with the goal that I was trying to really fuel this portfolio to get into Cal Arts.
0: Did you graduate from Cal Arts then?
1: So I did. I ended up um, transferring in 1989 and uh, went for another two and a half years and graduated. A lot of people don't graduate from Cal Arts um, or or from any college. Animation is a field that is solely driven by your skill and your portfolio, and so I've worked with people literally who are um, high school dropouts, and I've worked with people who are doctorates and PhDs.
0: Where is that transition where you got you got your opportunity to put something on the big screen, or even the little screen, or over network TV? Or where was your break where I did it? That I did something that is now visual.
1: Okay. So CalArts, one of the the great opportunities there is that all of the instructors are working professionals. So my first animation teacher, Chris Buck, if you look him up, he's the co-director of Tarzan. He's the co-director of Frozen. He's got all these great credits. And so he was the person who was talking to me and teaching me about animation. And after the first year, a lot of... um, studios and and shows would come to CalArts to look at portfolios and hire students. In 1989, this was when The Little Mermaid came out and really at the beginning of the Disney Renaissance, so my timing was wonderful. And so there were a lot of different job opportunities. So uh, Klasky Chupo, which at the time was the studio that was producing The Simpsons, uh, came and it was the second season and they came to CalArts and offered different tests to different students and I took a uh, layout test and which meant I took this little packet that was kind of doing the job to see if I could do it and I would, and I took it back to my apartment and I drew it out and turned it in the next day and then about a week later I got hired for that summer to to do backgrounds to basically draw out the backgrounds for I think I worked on about 3 or 4 episodes of the Simpsons in that second season.
0: That's an extremely uh, important. I mean, your job basically was to make the background uh, visually pleasing to for for the for the movie. I mean, for the show itself. Is that not it essentially
1: what it is? Yeah, that's it. And and to really kind of work with the designers mm-hmm. to create the style of the world that back then it was very popular, but it was still very new. So a lot of things hadn't been worked out yet you know Mr I designed uh, Mr Burns car the in- inside of his car um, I I designed a clock on his desk and the the canyons that Bart jumped over on a skateboard all of these things so you're coming up with this world that didn't quite exist back then
0: that is so awesome man the simpsons was your first opening into this whole industry, was it easier to move on from there or has it always been kind of um, a a, a who you know? Is it a, the the doors open up in other areas? I mean, how did you escalate to some amazing, amazing things besides The Simpsons?
1: Well, it's a lot of who you know. So my next job that I got hired, I got hired by Chris Buck and he was working on a TV show called The Family Dog, which Brad Bird uh, was executive producing and Tim Burton had um, a hand in. And so that got me into the union, into the um, the Screen Cartoonist Guild. And that opens up more doors. And then there's a, it, even, it's still that way now, but back then hand-drawn animation was done pretty much in Los Angeles, even television. Although television was being shipped overseas, the, the nuts and bolts of it and the creative aspects were, were all done pretty much in, in L.A. So it was a very small group of people. And we kind of, if you didn't know somebody, you usually knew somebody who knew somebody. And so if you made a good reputation for yourself at a studio, then another studio would need people. And then they would ask someone. And, and that still goes on today with studios saying, sending out the word, hey, we're looking to hire Send us any names of people you might think are good candidates. Mm-hmm. And so that led me to one job, which led me to another job. And then with the success of the Disney films, Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin, a lot of other studios were wanting to get animation rolling in their, um, in their world. So Warner Brothers was producing films. Turner feature animation was a place that really, I broke into the world of feature films. And then when DreamWorks formed, it left a lot of openings at Disney because DreamWorks, um, lured a lot of the established Disney animators to, uh, to work there, which left some openings. And, and at that time, Tarzan was about to ramp up. I had, uh, you know, was connected with Chris Buck and and got that uh, opportunity to go to Disney Feature. So once you got into now, let me ask you
0: this: that your your person, I got to ask you your personal feelings here. This opportunity opens up. Now it originally started with you as a fifth grader sitting in the right. theater watching a feature film, and and it it planted that seed. Now, fast forward, you are this this man who has has worked hard to get to where you are, and finally this Disney door opens up. Was it, what was your honest, was it like finally, or were you ecstatic, or was it just another job?
1: Oh, it was not just another job. No, I was was very excited. Uh, I was married by then, had a couple of kids, but still... I'm kind of an animation geek, so I was—I mean, first day I show up and I get my little name tag with the Mickey Mouse ears on it, and I'm going through orientation, and and I know a number of people that are working there at this point, and so you're trying to play it cool, like you don't want to be too, you know, um, goofy about it, but everybody there is the same way. I mean. When you're working at Disney, pretty much every single person you're working with artistically, and even in the non-artistic roles, th- this is their dream job. This is where they worked at least 10, 15, 20 years to get to. And that's where I, I, I do try to encourage my students and, and young people. That I think there's a, a real um, temptation to compare your early work to the, the movies that you see. And, and I try to tell them, look, these are people who have been doing this for decades, 10 hours a day, you know, sometimes six days a week. They are really, really skilled at what they do. And they've had a ton of practice. So you can't put too much pressure on yourself. In, in order to get to that place, you're going to have to go through that same journey of work and practice to develop it. But if you do, then there's no reason you can't make it.
0: I think that was beautifully articulated and, and words of advice that I, I think uh, resonate with a lot of people nowadays. Um, the When you were working on Tarzan, where, um, where was your, what was your role in it? How, how does that, like, I'm, I'm introducing Chad to the team. He's going to work on Tarzan. Um, does, uh, is it a lead animator that says, Chad, I need you to come over here and draw this scene for me, or how, how does that process work?
1: So I came on uh, a little bit early before they were ready to move into animation. And so most of the crew was still working on Hercules at the time. And so... You come in and I'm I know the directors and I begin doing some some animation tests just to kind of play around with different things. And then there's a process once they get crewed up to the um, the main crew that spent most of the time, then they kind of I, I don't exactly know what the process was, but basically animators were split up into teams, into character teams. And so they would be, um, you know, the Tarzan would obviously have the, the most amount of animators on its team because he's the lead character and has the most screen time. So Tarzan, Jane, um, I ended up being cast onto the Turk uh, crew, which was Turk is the gorilla best friend of Tarzan um, from childhood to adulthood. And so generally speaking, there wasn't a lot of Turk Work That came in. So I spent a lot of the early work and early time working on the baboons that were chasing Tarzan, all the hundreds of baboons that were chasing Tarzan and Jane around the jungle. So I spent a, a good few months just working on that before then rolling into the Turk crew.
0: The, uh, th- there's a lot going on in that scene. So, (laughs) I mean, so when you when you were handed that or or, or that, because I mean, I personally, you know, knowing nothing about animation, I'm looking at a bunch of characters on the screen together, moving simultaneously, each each telling its own story by moving you as an as an animator. Do you just focus on one and and, and, or is it the whole scene as can you kind of maybe help me understand that?
1: So, yes. So it's it's not set in stone exactly from shot to shot, but uh, we called them scenes back then. And, um, but generally speaking, the reason that you want to separate into groups is because it's one of the most difficult and challenging parts of the job is to draw the same. So to get 10 or five or however many animators to draw the character so that it looks the same each time. And there's a lead animator who's usually the best Um, artist or an, an animator on the the team and the challenge is for everybody else to rise to their level and so they're drawing over your drawings and you're struggling and kind of pushing to try and make yourself better and so even in a shot so one shot I did animate Tarzan because Turk and Tarzan were wrestling together and so there was really no way to separate that action but I would animate Tarzan in a very rough form with not a lot of detail and then do a lot of detail with Turk. And then once I was done, then that all those that stack of drawings would then be handed over to a Tarzan animator who would then draw over my Tarzan drawings and so that they were on what we called on model so that they looked like Tarzan looked throughout the rest of the, the film. And then those were all handed to cleanup artists who came behind us and and made the tight, clean line drawings that, uh, that you see on the screen. And then those were then scanned into the computer. By that point, we were doing computer coloring. And then another team of people would come and add the color to the characters, and then there was People who were adding the effects animation, so shadows and dust and and leaves that would be moving around through the fight. And then all of that was combined together and put into onto film.
0: That's uh quite the process. <laughs> so from, from start to finish, uh what is the when you started on Tarzan as in pen to paper for the first time until published ready for the movie what typically is the length of that
1: now it's changed quite a bit now back then it was I ended up working on Tarzan for about 18 months and the when the animation was finished there was still probably another six months that was needed to do the cleanup work and the color work and to get everything uh, figured out in editorial and music and, and all of that so the The whole process generally, the first two years would be kind of d- designing the world and the and the story, and then the last two years would be producing it, animating it, getting it ready. So the whole process back then took about four years.
0: Okay, um, when your foot was in the door with Disney, the the after Tarzan, is it since you're already an employee, is it? you already know you're going to get asked to do another project or is it project by project? I mean, when you start getting to the end of Tarzan or are you guys kind of like eyeing each other up going, who's going to get the pink sheet or not? Or how does that work with
1: Disney animation? Um, You know, again, things are probably a little different now, but uh, generally in animation, it's, it's always kind of project to project. Okay. Even if you have – sometimes you'll have a contract that will allow you to stay another six months or you'll have a year option or things like that. But, but each film is being led by a different team and a different team of directors. And, and it usually takes a director a few years, as, as you've said, to get through a film. So you don't really generally circle back around with the same people unless you've been there a while. And so you do tend to need to sell yourself and kind of go meet people, kind of do the cold call, even down the hall and say, hey, I really like what you're doing. I want to work on this film. Can you can, you know, is there something I can do? So things like that. So you are kind of there's usually layoffs and, you know, they're not terrible. Most people aren't getting let go because, of negative reasons more more often it's stylistic reasons it's um their their speed they're not quite as fast as what the next film needs or so there's there's things like that so you kind of have to keep um hustling uh for lack of a better term just to kind of keep things going
0: yeah, but you know, in all fairness, I, that would guess that would be any profession, right? You need yeah. to stay polished, and you need to network, right? You know, and and so you're just networking with a, a you know a different different breed of people, and um, I, I, I love that. Uh, going from Tarzan since we are a Disney show, I guess let's let's just stick into Disney here since you're already hired with Disney at this point. Um, what was your next Disney film that you got on or Disney uh, animation? And, um, and and how did that come about? Was it through your networking like you did? Um, were you invited?
1: The next two uh, projects I worked on kind of were interrelated a little bit. Uh, the Emperor's New Groove was going through, at the time, it was a film called Kingdom of the Kingdom of the Sun. And it was going through some story changes and turned into what is now The Emperor's New Groove. Now, the director that ended up kind of leading that change into what it became was a director I had worked with uh, called Cats Don't Dance. And uh, Mark Dindle is a fantastic director and really wonderful guy and very, very funny. And so he knew I was gonna be coming available and wanted me uh, to work on his film. So so that's what kept me at Disney, which was the promise of knowing I was going to go on to a a longer film. But again, there was a bit of a gap between the two productions. And in order to fill that gap, because there were a lot of animators that were going to need something to work on, then we were all cast onto Eric Goldberg's piece in Fantasia 2000, which is the Rhapsody in Blue uh, segment. And I had spent some time just because... Eric Goldberg is the lead animator for the genie in Aladdin, and I had spent some time just trying to get to know him simply because I was a huge fan of his work. And I really like cartoony work. I like the the characters, the the, the sidekicks, the the you know, Mickey and Donald. That's what I was really drawn to as as a kid, and still what I really like. So when that opportunity became available, then I, that was a really great. Um, moment for me too, because I got to work with somebody who was so talented and, and worked in a style I really enjoyed. So I worked with him on about, I think everybody did like three scenes, four scenes. Some people were, uh, there was a smaller crew that did a lot more, but, but that everybody got a little bit of work to kind of bridge the gap. And then I rolled into the Emperor's New Groove.
0: Okay. All right. So it was, you went from Fantasia to The Emperor's New Groove, uh, which is such a catchy movie. In fact, we were talking about that a few episodes ago, coincidentally. Everything about that, I love. One of my favorite, favorite movies of all time. So when I saw that on your IMDb and, I, and your profile, I got really excited. So, um, because it is, it's one of those super catchy movies that, um, uh, to me, is a must, is a must see. You know what I mean? So um, when you when you moved on from the Emperor's New Groove, where where did you go from there?
1: So about that time, Pixar had been doing some amazing films. They're they're very early films, and and then DreamWorks had a lot of success with Shrek, um, and so the CG began to sort of rise and. So when I was um, laid off at Disney, then I had about six, um, six or seven months where I was just kind of freelancing and kind of figuring out what was going to be next. And so I started thinking like a lot of different animators of going into storyboarding. And storyboarding is the job of visualizing the film through almost like a comic strip and uh, very quick panels that will – work, you know, both to develop the cinematography as well as the, as the story itself. And so I did some, some different uh, storyboard freelance work and I ended up getting to work with um, Chuck Jones um, of um, Bugs and Daffy fame. And uh, right before he passed away, um, it was an internet cartoon that he was doing and um, so I did some storyboard work for for him and then I did some uh, storyboard work for the Proud Family, uh, a Disney Channel show, and then I got the call from a producer I had worked with at uh, Turner from Sony Pictures Imageworks and at the time CG animation was growing but there weren't that many CG animators and so the conventional thinking was well let's take the animators and let's train them on the computer and i that that had about a 50/50 success rate because a lot of the artists didn't really had never really had much Uh, exposure to computers before, but my dad, um, works in computers and was one of those guys with the, um, glasses. And so I had had a lot of exposure, was pretty comfortable with computers. And then did a a three month training option with Sony pictures, image works, and then began animating on computer on Stuart little two and then did a number of different films with Sony. The,
0: the Stuart little is, um, what a what a fun fun uh, fun movie um i want to talk about that for a second uh when you sat down your ideas uh placed in digital format and and well in 3d format basically are, are they not 3d models that you're working with or are they flats that you're um you're working with when it comes to stuart little too
1: so they're 3d models they're um they're we call them virtual puppets so it's it's the closest thing is like a stop motion puppet, but it's virtually it's in a virtual world inside the computer.
0: You guys actually are designing these these models, um, and I used to wear I, a puppet. Excuse me, I used to wear a puppet. Um, I, I work with three D uh, models a lot with three uh, D printing and stuff like that. Okay, just as a hobby. So uh, so I apologize for that. So you work with your three D puppets, but you guys are actually designing these. Um, how, if you if I was to say
1: hey. Oh, and, and we're not actually designing them. So there's, there's modelers that are designing. Okay,
0: that was my question. Right.
1: Yep. And then there's a, a – so you, you design them with a group of designers on paper. Then some modelers will um, model the, the character. And then a, a department called um, character setup will rig and put controls into that 3D model. And then that's given to the animators. And so we're really just basically moving them around okay
0: all right so that's that seems very fun was that was that enjoyable it is it's okay it was
1: really great because i loved animation and i still love hand-drawn animation but it kind of opened up it was really refreshing to to i'd been doing hand-drawn animation for about 10 years and now there was this whole new world to learn and still get to engage in the world of animation and kind of do it in a in a unique way with with Stuart Little too, where I got to basically act across from Gina Davis and um, and all of these other great live action actors. Now we were giving our performance as the animators months later, but it was still both of our performances on the screen.
0: That's awesome! I love it. Uh, moving from uh, Stuart Little, I, I see that you had uh, Polar Express. Okay, and and um, let me tell you what I have always loved Polar Express. I will always love it. It is a must. It is a go-to every Christmas season. Um, let's talk about Polar Express for a little bit.
1: Okay. So, Polar Express, and uh, it, it was a film that was, again, a very unique film, a kind of a groundbreaking film with the use of motion capture. Now, as animators, we were a little bit unnerved by this because some people felt like that motion capture technology was taking away our job in a sense. And so a lot of animators were reluctant to, to work on the film, but I thought another thing I could learn, another kind of feather in my cap and skill that I could use. And so uh, a good friend of mine, a guy that I carpooled with each day, we figured, Hey, let's go in. And because we went in willingly, we, we got in early. We ended up in, in some pretty, good positions, both of us being lead animators. We did a lot of the interviewing for animators and hiring. Um, we oversaw different sequences. Uh, so like a two or three minute chunk of the film. And I ended up doing a lot of the sequences that were outside of the train. So if the train was moving and so the the sequence where the train is falling into the ice and the, the sequences where the characters are on top of the train, walking through the snow, uh, dealing with the ghost. I did a lot of the, the ghost work myself. And, and, but my job was to oversee, so cast out the different shots to the different animators and oversee their work, making sure everything was consistent and working within the director's vision.
0: I just have this feeling every time I watch this. Now I'm going to picture you sitting on a computer, and uh, the whole time I'm watching this. So this is this is absolutely fantastic, uh, Chad. I could talk to you for hours and hours on all the stuff that you that you did, um, but I want to go ahead and move on from that because I want to talk about by you taking what what the, the um, your skills and um, your your wife and yourself. Um, you have started something that I was very fascinated by, and um, I'm I'm very excited to talk about that you have the animation course yes so how did this come to fruition and and i know your wife um i gotta give her some uh some huge credit because i think uh she probably keeps it running smooth for you is that is that safe to say that is very
1: safe to say (laughs) yes
0: Okay, so uh, why don't you introduce your wife for me, and uh, why don't you guys tell me wh- how did this come to um, how did this come to fruition, and uh, and more importantly, I want to know um, because it's always scary doing uh, a new business. What was the dynamics of you guys? Like, you know what, do it? Oh, maybe you know it's kind of um, h- how did that dynamics play? Because this is a pretty
1: incredible thing that you got here.
2: That's a good question. It is. So this is my
1: wife, my better half, Kayla. Hello, everybody. And uh, this, the the animation course is her idea, so I can take no credit. So I'll let you kind of get started
2: with that. Well, I I think, I mean, this is kind of your journey, I guess it's our journey together, but um, we had brought our family up to Washington. um, And And you have to
1: say Washington
2: State. Washington State, true, yeah. Um, Washington State, we left LA and, and Chad was doing freelance for um, with for, for Sony. worked for Sony Distance, and then was doing some freelance. But then that just really kind of um, began to dry up. Um, and then he ended up having to work out of the um, country for about ten months. And we just said we're gonna um, we're gonna do whatever it takes to be together. So we ended up actually moving back to LA for two years. Um, but really wanted to be back in Washington he went back to Sony for two years and we really wanted to have our family in Washington we have a lot of kids and it's just and we have property up in Washington and it was just um
1: we have eight kids
2: and and so it's um just a. it just was is easier to live life up here anyway so we um We were down there and and I just we homeschool our kids. We have gotten a lot of questions over the years, Um, probably once a month. Somebody wanting to come over to our house to watch him animate, you know, their child's interested in animation. So we just we just put it out there. And within two weeks, um, we had 40 students. And that's just like an announcement on Facebook to all of our homeschool friends, and it was it just grew from there. Um, he started then put together the the level one course, and then he he put together the system of classes.
1: Yeah. So once we realized that people were interested, we always thought it would be kind of um, a supplement to yeah. to freelance that uh, it would just be a few students and then I would continue to freelance but the the extra income would help stabilize us and we could move back. But we saw very quickly that there was a lot of potential there and I had done some online uh, instruction for um, an adult education company. And so was very familiar with teaching online and, and how that worked. So we kind of started to build the the course and, and realized I, I kind of took a lot of the lessons that I had um, learned at, at CalArts. And, and really the whole course is based on how to give a student the ability to make their own film. And, you know, give them enough skills about animation, enough skills about drawing, enough skills about storytelling and editing to be able to put together a short film that then they can put on YouTube or they can put in um, wherever they want. There's so many options now. So that needed to then, because of that, it's a lot. We we had to break that up into different classes and different levels. So we have.
2: So, well, let me just stop you. Because then it became this this dream that then kind of flushed out into the specifics of what the idea meant as far as not just advertising, but how to take registrations and how to um, how to get the word out and how to, you know, communicate with the, with the families and the students and, and whose part did what, you know, what he did and what I did. And, and it just kind of fit within our family, but, but took, um, took us both in, um, not separate directions, but just gave us our details, our individual roles, our India thing. There you go. Yeah. Yeah
0: you um you guys run a uh, extremely tight ship. I was really impressed um Chad, I was dealing with your wife at first, and right away when I made contact with her and and her and I were talking um She immediately puts you in the emails, like, let me keep him in a loop. You know, that communication is there. And I I, want to say I I love the fact that uh, the communication um, has always been everybody that's in the loop. You know what I mean? And I really, really found that level of professionalism refreshing, and I really enjoyed that. Um, With the course itself right now, like – I have um, younger animators. I have, um, you know, people like myself who can't draw, but I would love to. Um, what? Let's start with the youngest. What would be your recommended age group for a youngest? Like, look, I'm seriously, and my daughter is seriously drawing Mickey Mouse all the time or seriously drawing all the time.
1: Um, what age group do you recommend? So we have all different age groups contact us, and it's, What we say, our classes are designed for middle school and high school. So we say ages 11 to 18. Now we have some 11-year-olds that come in and they just seem like they've been working on the computer their whole life. And they love all of this and they're very fluent at it. And so I don't necessarily recommend them going into drawing classes because they could go into Maya, which is the software that I use in the studios that's the CG software. But then we have other students who come in and they're like, there's all sorts of drawing characters and they love to tell stories. And sometimes a lot of them will start in the drawing classes, try to hone their drawing skills a little bit more, and then roll into the animation classes. And so... And, and we have all sorts of different students. We have some that are coming in and are just wanting to explore. This seems like an interesting, kind of fun summer activity. Mm-hmm. And then we have some students who seem that they have locked in that, this is what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life and I need help, I need you know training and, and anything you can can give me. So we try to connect, and that's one of the things Kayla is great at, is really talking to the students, talking to their families, trying to get a sense of what they are wanting to get out of the courses, and then being able to customize and direct them into the, uh, into the, the system or into the classes.
2: We have some so, students who start at level one drawing, then they go to level two drawing, level one animation, level two, and they, they systematically go through that. But I wouldn't say the bulk of our students do that. I would say... Um, they start at level one animation and take a break between animation classes and do drawing if they want to. I think there's there's just some differentiation with each yeah. person and interest.
0: So this is uh, 100% online via um, – uh, what kind of media format do you use? I mean obviously you have videos um, for instruction. Uh, do you do one-on-one then as well?
1: So what the, the way the course is set up is that for an hour a week – we open up a virtual classroom and the students come in as they would into a classroom and and I'm live and they can see me and hear me and I can direct them to different websites or I can share my screen and I can um, show them different videos so we show the class work that you know all the students get to see each other's work and we have uh, lessons that I um, the level one animation the the class time is devoted to the history of animation and the principles of animation. And those are um, applicable to all types and all forms of animation, Mm -hmm. whether it's stop motion or hand-drawn or CG. And so we try to keep that live classroom time uh, focused on that. Mm -hmm. And then I have done assignment videos that are on YouTube that they can then watch and those videos are of me doing the assignment in a in this software that we support so if they want to use Maya then they will watch the assignment video and do say a bouncing ball assignment and they'll be able to watch me do the the bouncing ball assignment and know where the different menus are and know and that's where I instruct a little bit more on the software that way they can pause when Something gets confusing, they can replay it, and they can go at their own pace. And then so then though, when they do their assignments, those assignments are then uploaded to um, a specific folder that they have for uh, for each student. And those assignments, those videos are then reviewed by someone from from our staff, either it's me or it's another professional animator that will then give them a three minute, video critique of their work kind of helping them see how the principles work and how they can approve and all of the assignments are turned in twice so they get the opportunity to then go back make adjustments to their animation Mm. and and approve it and then turn it in again
0: okay I love that that's awesome Um, so eleven years old. So for anybody that out there listening, uh, let's get into how. Well, number one, how do they contact you? Um, and your recommended age was eleven years old. But hey, before we do that, Chad, actually, um, for the ones that are not, like my son is eight. Um, you know, we've got a couple people in the group that are have younger ones. Um, do you have any advice to give the younguns before they get to that 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 age to where they you know want maybe want to pursue animation um, on on a level that to work with you but what advice would you give guys that are the young ones
1: so that's a great question we're we're working on a a video series that will be aimed at younger students because we get that question a lot and so what i did when i was young is is do flip books you know grab a sketchbook be able to draw a little bit on each page and see. There you go. <laughs> I wrote. I wrote. I
0: wrote flip book on the paper.
1: I was going to ask you about okay. that. Okay. So so go ahead. Yeah. And so we're hoping to get that released very soon, and uh, it'll be available on our website. Um, the thing that I would say is to pursue what they what they really enjoy. So if that's drawing cartoon characters, then draw cartoon characters. If it's copying. I used to copy all sorts of pictures of Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. And and if it is drawing landscapes and painting, then do that. There are all sorts of jobs that can be filled in the world of film and animation. And it, I think in animation specifically, people get caught up with that idea of being an animator. But I only describe just a few jobs that are available to people that um, – are artistic. So there's all sorts of different um, artistic jobs, designing jobs, um, storyboarding, um, color, texture, all sorts of different things that, that people can do. So if you like something then I would just say do that a lot because practice is really the key. the The more, and I tell my students this too, I used to get caught up in the idea that I was either talented or I wasn't that there were talented people who could do this, and if you didn't have that, then maybe that wasn't gonna be you. And certainly some people have natural gifts and talents, but this is a skill that can be learned and developed, and the more practice that you put into it, then the better you're going to to get at it. And so uh, if you just spend time drawing pencil and paper, painting, all of that time will be a huge benefit. Um, It might take a while, but if you've got the determination to see it through, then it it will work out.
0: That is incredible sound advice from an actual animator, guys. Take it to heart, uh, moms and dads. Uh, go ahead and give it to them. I mean, this is you know who you guys are. I, I get incredible pictures all the time from from these young ones that um, are fans of the show as well. Okay, so let's talk about something important here because there are people who are going to want to contact you and um, and at least get you know go to a website to give you some information. I'm going to put the website in the show notes, guys. But where can they find you guys and, and, and open up dialogue with you or at least have maybe, uh, you know, a fact sheet that they can look at? Why don't you point them in the right direction?
2: Um, well, our our website um, is uh, theanimcourse.com. So T-H-E-A-N-I-M course.com. And my name, Kayla, K-A-Y-L-A, at com is my email. Um, feel free to email, ask questions. Um, our website does have a lot of information, but I love talking to people on the phone um, and, and that would be, you know, absolutely fine too for people to, call, you know, send me an email, send me your phone number, I'll call you, you call me, um, so that would be absolutely fine.
1: And we also have a Facebook page where we post oh. our student work. So if you're interested in seeing just, you know, a, a typical student's work, Throughout each session that we, we do, we, we tend to, t- to post a lot of our student work. We ask the parents to make sure that we get permission because we, w- we don't want to post anything anyone's not comfortable with. But you can see a lot of work. You can contact us through our Facebook page as well.
2: And if somebody is interested in understanding what kind of work is done in each class, we post what the class is and what work is being shown. And so they'll know if it which drawing class it is, which animation class it is, when they're seeing the work on the Facebook page.
0: Hey guys, in tradition with the Disney Dads podcast. I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you to make somebody's day and pick a picture of the week.
2: Picks of the week, picks of the, picks of the, picks week. Of the week. It's time for it's time us to get our picks of the week.
0: Okay, guys, who did you pick for your pick of the week?
2: We picked Lucy yes. for her first day of third grade picture. Th-
0: this this is such a coincidental pick, guys. Because Lucy is um, an incredible little artist. She, in fact, you know what, guys? She's we even made. A mug or t shirt of an art of a drawing that she did for us, we threw it up on our t public site Oh, nice. she was our yeah, cool. she was our first artist to ever submit something to the show, so uh, great pick and what what a um yeah that was awesome um I'm gonna actually pick. I'm going to go with Katrina Dupree and uh, Katrina is always keeping a dizzy in her house. And look, she's uh, little Sophia has three sippy cups rolling. Um, you know, this is, this is definitely a family that um, she is the princess and Katrina is such a great person, such a great member of the community. So Sophia, you enjoy all three of those drinks. Um, and that's going to be our picks of the week guys. Hey, listen, guys, I really appreciated your time tonight. And one of the big things I wanted to drive home with you with your, um, the animation course was, you know, the minimum age. But, you know, one thing I didn't discuss with you really is what if I wanted to jump on this, this, uh, this course or, you know, my wife or maybe, um, you know, maybe my son who is, um, you know, getting ready to, to, going to high school that's, thats you know, it, uh, well, like 17, 18, 19, maybe the college kid is looking for a hobby who's always loved to draw, you know, and he's sitting there at 19 years old. I mean, what what do you think about that?
1: So certainly with high school, it's a no-brainer. We have all sorts of students that join 16, 17 years old, their junior or senior year, and they're just starting to think about a career and what am I going to do? Um, we also do a career Q&A that is coming up with families, you can find that on our website or you can contact Kayla. And so even if you're just interested in learning, well, what does it mean to to work? In, what does it look like to work in animation? You can come and ask questions about that. Where do I go to college? Because there's so many more options now. We do have occasionally some adult classes. Now they're recordings only. So um, we, we try to keep it really separated it's an online world. We haven't had any issues, but we don't want to have any issues with mixing kids and adults in yep. in a world that we just don't know. Um, but we have we usually create a waiting list for our adults, and when there's enough, then we'll offer a uh, a course of adults. So if um, if adults want to contact us, then get put on the waiting list. Then it, we only do uh, animation level one and animation level two currently with adult courses.
2: And it takes about a year and a half to get through our classes. Like if they wanted to take the whole course. Um, and so even an 18 year old, um, they can start their senior year and, um, and, and they'll, they can continue with us even after they've graduated high school.
0: Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense. I mean, I know me personally, I I'm, I'm 40, I don't even know how old I am. Forty four I think. Um I I for me, like I, I think this would you know, I'm sitting here and I'm like, wow how how interesting would it be to uh, to not only work with um, you know, animation but but an opportunity to work with you guys. You know, so um I know that there's gonna be people out there that are gonna have that demand. Um on top of what we've talked about already. So I definitely wanted to make sure that was put into the mix. Um, guys, I just want to ask you, do you guys have any closing remarks, anything you want to add before we, we close the show?
1: We're just so thankful that, that you are bringing us on your podcast and we feel honored and uh, happy to be here. And, and hopefully that we can inspire somebody out there who's listening and, and, sitting at home thinking, that this is a crazy idea to be a Disney animator, because most every Disney animator that I talked to had that moment when they were a young child sitting at home watching a Disney movie thinking, wow, that would be amazing, but that seems like such a crazy idea. So uh, that's where I came from, and and it's where uh, you can come from if that's you. Yeah. Kayla, do you have any closing Just,
2: uh, Just to echo, I'm so thankful that you contacted us and happy to make this connection to find out about you guys and what you're doing and such a positive, fun thing. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to just have a positive um, opportunity for these kids to um, have an outlet for what's inside of them. So.
0: I find what you two are doing beautiful. Uh, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. After talking with you, um, you know, I always got a good vibe from uh, Kaylee. You've always been extremely professional. When when you people want to reach out to her, guys, I'm telling you, reach out to her because she is such a personable person. And um, you know, she's she's direct. She's she's very personable. I, I liked her from the start. Uh, Chad, um, I, I kind of went into this not really knowing how I was going to think about you, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, you guys are a great team, and I really appreciate you guys coming on here and anything that we can do to um you know to to you know shine some light uh, and maybe parts of the parts that people don't know about you know for this for you guys um i absolutely love that now i do want to close on this um if there's people that are out there that are remotely interested i can't stress this enough guys go go You'll feel them out and and you know inspire yourself, inspire your child. You know, uh, push them to where where you know. This is really an outlet, guys. I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of times, um, you know, oh, he's an artist, he's drawing. Here's an outlet where you can actually have somebody's dreams come true. You can actually push them and say, hey, you know what? This is the real deal. This is this is a Disney animator here that that is uh, going to be able to coach you and two incredible people on top of it. I would invite you guys over for a barbecue anytime. <laughs> so, with that, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure to meet you. I hope that we can. And, um, uh, uh, help you in any way anytime you guys want to come on and pop on and say hi you, I am giving you guys the open invite you just send me an email and say hey let's chat I would love to have you on well,
1: thank, you. thank you yes and and we might have to come back just so we can meet the other dads yeah that's
2: true
0: actually you know what can I do this can I give you guys an open invite to come back on in the future and uh, with, with those two guys because they would absolutely love to meet you and maybe we can after they hear the show they'll have some questions for you that maybe they don't know so maybe maybe in the future we can get together I would love that if that would All be right. okay yeah, with you guys yeah, awesome. great with that everybody have a wonderful wonderful time a wonderful weekend and remember always keep it Disney from Mike Justin and myself We want to say thank you, and remember, always keep it Disney.
1: And they all live happily ever after. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us, and when we're brave enough to listen, and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey